said that singleness was a gift and some people won't marry. That's the reality of it. And I may be one of those people. I may not be, but I won't die from singleness. Die from a whole lot of stuff, but you ain't gonna die from being single. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome back to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and we're going to go ahead and just jump into this episode today. So I mentioned before, I think it was on a reel or something like that, but I've mentioned before why it's hard to let go of people and the things that we don't need. And the main reason I mentioned that is that this is difficult for us to do was because we haven't let go of ourselves first to surrender our lives completely to the Lord so that he can be the one to lead us in the direction that we need to go. But what I didn't get into in this reel, because I mean, I ain't have like a minute and 30 seconds or something like that. I don't, I don't know however long you have to record a reel. I didn't get into this at the time because it would have been too long. (laughs) So we're talking about it today, but I didn't get into the dangers that come along with holding on to people for too long. So we're we're just going to go ahead and talk about it. And I have three that I, that I want to just dive into today. So with us as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So whenever we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we still have to yield ourselves to the Spirit. So it's the Spirit that the Bible talks about when it says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the Spirit is the he that is working within us. And without the Holy Spirit, we're weak. We can't do anything righteous of our own will without the Holy Spirit, because we will fail every time because our flesh is weak, it's sick and depraved. But in order for this spirit to work in us and to do what it's supposed to do, we have to give that greater power within us access to control. So when we choose the wrong person or when we choose anything wrong and we choose someone from our own will, out of our own fleshly desire, we've just suppressed that greater power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And now we've allowed our flesh that is powerful too, don't get it twisted. Our flesh is really powerful. That's why we have to have the Holy Spirit within us to to overcome our flesh because we need someone greater and someone more powerful than our flesh in order to help us defeat our flesh. And so whenever we choose wrong, Whenever we choose the wrong person, whenever we do the choosing of our own will, of our own desire, we've just now just now allowed our flesh to plant itself in the form of that person that we choose in our hearts and our minds. So now we've just given over to our flesh to do whatever it is that it wants to do. It's just like in the beginning, in, in Genesis, when God was talking to Cain, he came to Cain and he said, Cain, now look, and I'm paraphrasing. He came and he said, Cain, sin is waiting on you. It's ready to pounce on you, but you can overcome it. You can do good. You can walk away. (laughs) You You can change direction. But Cain didn't. Cain let his flesh get the best of him. And he committed an act of sin because he was angry. And that's the same thing with us because we are letting our flesh rule our emotions and our feelings and even our logic and our reason. 
we cancel out the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so if you concede to your flesh and you override the Holy Spirit that one time, it gets easier and easier to override it each time you, you want to do something that your flesh wants to do. And so after that, now this is how that person or a person can remain in your life for so long because you've overrode the voice of the Holy Spirit trying to tell you that is not the right person. You need to move on. Walk straight past this person. Don't even look. Don't, don't, don't glance. None of that. Just keep going. But see, when we don't do that and we give in to our flesh, we bring this person into our lives and then it's hard for us to let them go. Even if we ain't know them for but six minutes, it's hard to let them go now. And, you know, we see this a lot. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've done this in my own life, you know, grabbing onto people that I shouldn't have and, and, and latching onto them because of, of what I wanted to see and what I was, what I called myself looking for, knowing that the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of me was saying, no, Brittany, that is not for you. I need you to go, go ahead and move on, do something else, do something different because that is not it. But I overrode the Holy Spirit that time and I continued to do it until it, it was, it began to be too much. And I'm like, okay, God, now I I can't do this anymore. I got to let this go. But here's the thing though. If I didn't learn from that situation, I was doomed to repeat that cycle just in, with a different person. So that's one of the dangers of grabbing onto and holding onto a person for too long. You begin to override the, the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The second reason why it's dangerous is because when we have the wrong person in our lives, we start to see ourselves from how they treat us. So we start identifying ourselves based on what they do or what they don't do for us, what they do or what they don't call us, how they express or don't express their love and care for us. And that causes us to form an attachment to them in order to secure our self-identification which is not an authentic representation of who God wants to identify us as. We should be wanting to identify with Christ and the person that comes into our lives that causes us to be able to do that, to be able to see our lives in light of the, of the God that's in us. That is the person that we need, not someone who is causing us to feel like a failure, someone who is jeopardizing our self-confidence and our self-esteem, someone who is belittling us and making us feel low and maligning us and, and making us feel like we're not worthy of being treated properly. That's not what we need. But we, when we hold on to this person and we grab onto this person, we start to look at ourselves through their lens and they're projecting their thoughts and ideas on us and we're identifying with that and we're not being who we ought to be in Christ. And that's very dangerous. It is dangerous to take on someone else's identity. I mean, shoot, people go to jail for it in real life or maybe they get fined. I don't really know what happens, but they get in trouble for it. And so if it happens naturally, then spiritually, you know, it's dangerous to take on someone else's identity that God has not given you. That's why, again, it's important not to grab onto the wrong person and not to hold on for too long. Uh, the last thing that, that I have that, that is dangerous for us whenever we grab on to or hold on to the wrong person is that we begin to overlook things that we know aren't right for us. And we overlook red flags because of what we want to see. And I just alluded to that earlier. And I've said this before. 
people show you all of what they want you to see, but very little of what you need to see that tells you who they really are. A woman saw the abusive traits of a man before he ever hit her. A man saw the signs of an unfaithful woman before she ever cheated. A woman saw the, 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 the out of place behavior and the feminine behaviors of a man before he ever left her for another man. We see all of these things, but because it's not what we're looking for, we ignore it. So if you're looking for a financial bolstering, all you're going to see is the six figures that's attached to this man. If you're looking for a trophy or a display woman, all you're going to see is how fine she is. If you're looking for someone to occupy your bed, then, then well, you're not seeing too much of anything else beyond that. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. So we have to pay attention to things that don't quite make the picture come together. What about this doesn't look right? What am I not seeing that I need to see? What is not there with my natural eye that I need to see with my spiritual sense? We have to see these things. But when we don't, this then becomes dangerous and it threatens our purpose and it threatens our lives if we're being truly honest. So, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been in situations like this where I've stayed too long. You know, I, I knew someone all of five minutes and thought that my whole life would be over if they weren't in it. I mean, like they weren't even here six minutes ago. And now all of a sudden I'm just in love and they just have my whole heart and I can't live without them. No, I can't. You can't live without Jesus. We can't live without the Lord. But you know, you get these people in your life and you think that, oh my goodness, the world is going to just it's erupt if I don't have them. No, they didn't even exist for you. So I think that you'll be okay if they aren't attached to you now. You know, I think in, in, in one of Jonathan McReynolds and, and Molly's song, is, it says it hurts to let go, but it hurts more to stay. I'm moving on. Like we got to move on from some stuff because if we don't, then just like it's going to just pain us for maybe two months to let this person go. If you stay with this person for six months, it may jeopardize your life. And, and if they're not the godly person for you, it's definitely going to jeopardize, jeopardize your spiritual life. You know? Uh, I, I was driving one day and, and I thought about this. I, I thought about how I, I'm, I'm, I'm very organized. I'm a perfectionist. I like things to be nice and planned out and, and, and I like to be prepared for stuff. I don't like to, for people to throw things at me at the last minute. I just cannot deal with that. I I'm touched with a little OCD. I got a problem y'all, but I was thinking if I like my life to be organized, my plans to be well thought out, if I want my pantry to be organized and my closet to be color coordinated and I want things aligned, then why can I not trust that a good and perfect God who gives good and perfect gifts won't bring good and perfect people into my life? And people are major. Okay. That they are major. Like it, it, it was one wrong decision for a person to bring someone in their lives that landed them in the morgue. So people are important and we have to be careful with the people that we bring into our lives. So if I want like papers to be nice and crisp and I want my house to be clean and they, these small minuscule minute things, if I want those things to be right, then why can I not trust that God, that, that the God that I serve, who is perfect, in all of his loving kindness and his mercy and his generosity towards me won't give me an imperfect person, the perfect person for my life. 
God is just that nice to us. That anything he releases from his hand is perfect and we are imperfect people and we are undeserving, but he still will give us exactly what we need. So we need to just wait on him and desire the people and the things in our lives that he wants to give us. Because I don't know about you, but I've chosen wrong. You know, I've chosen wrong, but now in my life, in any type of relationship that I have, what I want God to do, I want him to do like he did in creation. And I want him to look back and I want him to look at my relationship and say, it is good and it is very good. That's the type of of results that I want in my life. Those are the type of things that I want in my life. That is the type of fruit that I want to be produced in my life. And so if we line ourselves up with God's perfect will, we'll get God's perfect things. And that's what's so awesome about God. So in knowing this, we should be waiting on our period in our lives, not a question mark. We shouldn't be looking at someone and say, oh my goodness, why did I choose you? What was I thinking? That's not what we should be asking ourselves. Yes, people get on our nerves. Yes, people do things that upset us and that cause us to just want want to maybe want to choke them out, whatever. But we don't look at them and say, God, did I choose wrong? We don't want to have to do that. We want to know that that we chose right and we allowed this person person in our lives because of God's perfect will for our lives at all times. And, and, and you know, you and, and, and a part of this, I want to say this, a part of this is just knowing why we're single in our single lives. Now I'm talking to single people. We have to know why we're single. And, and, and this is mainly for people who are single, who are waiting and who have not made a decision yet. You're in a good place. You're in a really good place. Now for people who have and who are married and who are holding on to relationships and, and things that are not right, they need to seek God for guidance. But for the people who are single, you have, you're, you're, you have the perfect opportunity to choose who God has for you. But that's that that comes again, like I'm gonna go back to what I was saying. You have to know why you're single. So in my life, I have a clear definition of why I am single. I'm single because I'm walking in God's will for my life, period. And this is where he wants me to be right now. You know, Paul said that singleness was a gift and some people won't marry. That's the reality of it. And I may be one of those people. I may not be, but I won't die from singleness. Die from a whole lot of stuff, but you ain't gonna die from being single. But because I, I, what I don't want to do, what I don't want to do is walk around being discontent and upset because of where I am right now. And this is exactly where God wants me to be. So now I'm upset about not being somewhere that I ought not be anyway. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to want to be seeking things in my life that I should not have, especially when it's not the right time. And I also, I don't want to choose wrong and I don't want to be stuck or end up worse off than being stuck, period. I don't want to, there there are alternatives to just being stuck in a relationship. There are worse things that can happen. And so if we choose wrong, that worse is is probable for us. It's a possibility. So in your single life, if you're holding on to the wrong person, or you're constantly grabbing and cycling through the wrong people, then you need to stop and dig deep into yourself and get to know you and get to know the God who created you. When when we're in situations like this, our perspective matters. 
it matters a lot. So I want you to think about this when you're taking a selfie or, or you know, when you're looking in, in the front of that camera and you get the perfect angle, that's when we snap that capture button and we expect to see what we observed in the first place that made us satisfied enough to hit the button. But then when you actually see the photo and it doesn't look like what we expected to, you, you, you want to take another picture because it, it wasn't what you thought. Or let's say you're you're recording yourself and you're talking and while you're talking, you're satisfied with how your voice sounds until you play back the recording and you hate how you sound when you listen back. It's the same thing with these situations that we're in that, not, that are not good for us. While we're in it, our perspective is skewed because we're in the thick of it and we're not able to see the full picture. But when we pull that camera back and we turn it around and we look at the final product, it's not what we expected. But that's why we got to pull the camera back and we got to look at the picture because sometimes the relationship is not what we thought it would be. But you'll only be able to see this if you observe it from a different perspective. Change where you're looking from. Change the lens through which you are viewing this person or your situation and you'll be able to see things for what they really are. So I want to challenge anyone who's in something that they are holding on to that they shouldn't be. Or maybe you've constantly fallen victim to choosing wrong in your relationships. I want you to really look at the full picture as if you were standing on the floor of the art gallery instead of being in one of the pieces of art that are being showcased. And then ask yourself, am I in what I'm in without confirmation from the Lord? Am I in what I'm in without peace? How does what I'm in align with the purpose that God has for my life? How does it serve me properly? Is it God's best for my life? Would I advise my friend or my sister or my mother to stay in this? All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. Please join me again at some point in time on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Teach me your